Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Hello, everybody, and welcome Taz Racing Talk. No Campbell Brown on a charity bike ride. We might touch base with him over the course of the afternoon, but all thanks to Ladbrokes as we go into the wonderful state of Tasmania. Just myself, but a huge array of guests to join us. Craig Hayes, not far away. Troy Baker's going to jump on the line. Our man, Brennan Ryan, in fine form to jump on and say g'day as well. And Scotty Wine, well, we know him probably more so as a superstar footballer, but so heavily involved in the world of Greyhounds now, he'll jump on the line and say g'day as well. 0499 736 736 to get involved. Very simple. Let's get into it. Our main man, he's in ripping form. Jamie Crockshart joins us. Jamie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, buddy. Hey, mate, what's happening, brother? What's the week been like for you? Talk to me. Uh, those tips you gave us last week, are you living on top of the world? No, just nothing, nothing much changes, Cam. You know, once we can start um, getting out and travelling around a bit more, well, that's when we'll start picking up and doing a bit something worthwhile. But no, Tassie's a pretty idyllic place, mate. We don't do much down here. Well, you, just yeah, work a few days a week and then relax, mate. A few, a few days a week, mate. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that you even have wound it back even a little little more than that, down to day, day and a half if you're really busy is what I'm hearing. And the fact is, and we'll get to our best bets or your best bets in a minute, the fact is that you've had such a, a nice year on the punt, always gamble responsibly. You, you might even wind it back to like 0.7, point out of a day. Oh, well, that'd be nice, mate. You know, it'd, uh, it'd be nice. You know, getting a bit old on the tooth now, so you need to start looking after yourself, buddy. That's for sure. <laughs> so much to get into. <laughs> Very much so. Zero four double nine seven three six. 736. Bernie, Launceston, not far away. We've got a lot to go on. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with some of the news? Or do you want to get straight into what you like uh, at Bernie and Launceston? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get stuck into Bernie first, mate. Then we'll have a talk with Craig. Then we'll do Launceston yep. at the end of it, mate. But Love um, it. we'll go up to Bernie tonight. Um, you know, it's only a 600 metre track, Bernie, so she's very small. Uh, probably four horses across the track. That's all you'll fit. And yep. It's actually Craig Hayes' home track. So, you know, we might get a bit of inside info when we talk to him. Um, the two best bets out there, mate, come up in race four, number two, Star Rocker. Drawn barrier two, mate, should be able to get across the pole marker and if you lob on front around Bernie, you know, eight times out of ten you'll win and I think he'll be winning. And we go to the following race, just for Dave. This is under stand star conditions. He's drawn four, so he's going to have a bit of room to move early and he does begin okay, so if he can ping across those on his inside and find the top wall, they won't be beating him either, mate, to be honest. And then we've got a valley runner comes up, goes back to race two, a horse called La Toys on Door. Stand star conditions. It's drawn two on the second line. Um, there will, will be a little bit of scrimmage off the front, so if um, La Toys on Door can just navigate through that and get up in the first couple, I think she can prove too strong for her rivals in the run of the line. And I like a little bit of value as well. So looking forward to, uh, to those. Now, if you have missed them, Jamie will go back over them. And, of course, at SN underscore track, they'll always be on our socials as well. But I think we've got our very special guest before we get into more of your best bets and how it's all happening. Craig Hayes does join us. Craig, uh, welcome to Taz Racing Talk. Uh, yeah. 
Hello, and uh, yeah, thanks for putting me on. Now, before I let Jamie, uh, before I let Jamie loose on you, mate, how's the week been? How's it all been going? Oh, it's been going well. Yeah, I've had no issues. Uh, horses have worked well this week, and so uh, it's just a matter of uh, how they go uh, Sunday. But yeah, no, I, I can't complain with their condition. Take it away, Jamie. Yeah, where are you going, Hazy, mate? Yeah, good, Jamie. Uh, well, just notice, mate, um, a horse being back pretty heavily in race one, the old Lord Mayor of Bernie, Doc Gilly's horse. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, not maybe Doc. What's it? Um, no, the Mighty Doc. The Mighty Doc. The Mighty Doc. And you're on, you're on, you're driving him, mate. So, what sort of um, push can you yeah. get? Yeah, thirty-four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know anything about the betting on it, but uh, no, he's working okay. But he's drawn the second row, so you need a bit of luck if you're going to draw the second row at Bernie. No, that's for sure. But he's been thirty-four dollars into twelve. So yeah, oh, someone like him. Yeah, I feel like I've got the mothballs out of his body, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I reckon mothballs out of the draw, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like no, it. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll go. We'll push ahead to Launceston, mate. As you know, you got a couple of good chances in a couple of better races. We'll start with Melon Rowley. Um, she was last season's leading two-year-old. She won all the features. You know, she's had a couple of runs back, and you know, she's she's been good. She was good at Devonport when she had to do plenty of work, and she she toughed it out well last start. So she draws the second line, mate. Um, and her main danger's drawn the pole, or one of her main dangers is drawing the pole, so it's not going to be easy for her, but um, she's obviously working well this week. Yeah, no, she's she's right on top of the game. She's she's in, come on from those two runs, and, uh, yeah, like the draw really makes it hard for her. There's no doubt about that, but she's uh, she'll put herself into it because she's a fairly strong filly, and, uh, you know, it depends on which way Gareth decides to go about driving her. I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll uh, will, won't come home wondering. And that's how you got to. That's how you got to drive them, mate. You know, you don't get fifty thousand dollars out of offering Tasmania, mate. So you definitely got to put them into the race, and give them every chance of winning. Um, the leading danger, the leading fancies, Nova Baxter and Rock. Which one is your biggest danger? Do you think out of the two of them? Ah, uh, from the draw, no doubt, Nova Baxter. She's um, she's going to find the front fairly easily, from what I can see. And unless uh, one of the other fillies get there pretty quick. She's going to get a pretty soft lead time, and uh, once they do that, well, they're, they're pretty hard to run down. Uh, totally agree with you, mate. Um, we'll head across to the other, another of the features, the Danbury Park Cup. You know, understand star conditions, the um, the open class paces. You got one of your, or well, probably probably is your favourite, Scootable Rev. He's been a you know quality horse since his two-year-old days, as everybody knows here. He's a reigning Easter Cup winner. He comes up over this track and distance when he won the Easter Cup. But he goes back to the 20-metre mark. But as a rule, he's pretty well away from the tapes. And the biggest thing I can see in the race is um, the capacity field and getting around them. Yeah, it's, it's always hard when you've got a, a big field, a smaller field, and the back horses would probably all be too good. But uh, with a big field like that, they've, all, you know, they've got to work into it somewhere along the line and someone's going to have to do a fair bit of work to get them up there. So... If he was lucky enough to get a card up, he'd be right in it. And uh, but if he's got to do the work himself, well, it's going to be hard work. Yeah, one thing is he's a he's a good stayer, and um, like you said, there is a couple of horses in there that will probably be sitting back waiting for each other to go, mate. Let's just hope they don't miss the boat. You know, Riley Major, <laughs> Coolwater Paddy, the Shallows yeah. and Scooter—they're the four backmarkers, and yeah, you know, they sit back and wait too long. Well, they they might be too late when it comes down to the business end, but they definitely are the four class runners and. 
they look your dangers them three, especially Riley Major, he's proven at that level and you know, he's off the thirty metre back mark, but that won't make any difference to him. No, he's brilliant away. He'll be level with at least level with the twenty metre horses very quick. And yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, what happens off the front early on if there is enough room for, you know, for him to get around. If if either one of them get around there early, well they're probably gonna be because they can all stay pretty well, those back horses. So if one gets up there, he'll probably take a bit of holding out. Yeah, that's for sure, mate. Now, you're, you're highly rega- widely regarded in Tasmania as one of the most astute horsemen, well, in my eyes, you are anyway, mate. Um, you got any oh, young ones coming through? Because you got any young ones coming through? Because there's not, there's not many years go by you haven't got a nice two-year-old or, or three-year-old coming through the ranks. So is there anything coming through that you can push the listeners yeah, into well, in coming up? Oh, I did have a nice two-year-old this year, but just for one reason or another, we couldn't get him there, so we had to, we had to keep putting him out. So no, I won't. I won't have one to, uh, that'll front up this year. So it'll probably be into into the next season before I start another young horse. We've got a yeah. I've, then I'll probably have a couple because the ones out of uh, Tanya Marie have all turned out okay, and and I've got a nice. Um, uh, Better's delight, Philly. Who? Uh, sorry, Better's delight. Um, uh, betting line filly that uh, won't make it this year, but she should next year. And a Huntsville who will be two next year. He's, he's quite a big horse, but he shows a bit. Oh, well, that's good something for us to, to follow up on in six to nine months. We'll just touch on Mr. Gently before we go. He's another nice horse you've got, and obviously he's bypassed the, um, the Debris Park Cup, and you're going to set him for the, the Golden Apple in a couple of weeks? Yeah, that's, it. that's his aim. You know, it'll be uh, it, it. It makes it harder for the back, the good horses like the Scooters and Riley Majors and so on, with the, with a tough mark. So uh, he, he's getting off the front there over the short trip, and and them horses probably you know find it hard to run them down. So he's a lot better chance in a race like that than he would be in in this um, the Henry Park Cup. Yeah, that's for sure. So end of the day, mate, I'm going to give you ten dollars. Who do we put it on? Do we put it on Mel and Rowley, or do we put it on Scooter? Uh, I think you put it on Mel. She's uh, well, she's got to work cut out, is. but yeah, but she she'll she gives a hundred percent. Not as Scooter does too, but uh, yeah, no, she'll if she has any luck, she'll be she'll be there at the finish. No, for sure, mate. It's going to be one of the better races on the night. The three-year-old Phillies final because there are three very nice Phillies going around, and yeah, and the best one will come out on top. Just hopefully the race is run at a genuine tempo, so they all get a decent chance, mate. And good luck. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Jamie. That's for sure. We need a, It needs to be a solid tempo if we're going to be a chance. So let's hope it is. Beautifully done. Craig Hayes joins us on Taz Racing Talk. Of course, you just mentioned there, Jamie, as well. The fact is that solid tempo, you, you like to see a tol- solid tempo in these big races to give, it doesn't matter what code it is, in particular to Gallops or Harness, give every opportunity a chance to, uh, well, every horse an opportunity to be able to get their nose down in Front. Just before we get into your Launceston tips, we might just back over a couple of people off the text. Jamie asking about Bernie. I uh, just want to roll those through again before they go up on at SN underscore track through our socials. Yeah, Bernie, race four, uh, number two, Star Rocker. Race five, number four, Jasper Dave. And the Valley Runner is race two, uh, La Toys on Door. I like I like these value runners too. You're now starting to bring it. It means you're getting a little more confident about no, you're not no longer being humble. You're telling everyone around the country that I'm feeling good, so I'm going to look outside the box and get everyone of the SEN Track family a little more value. All right, let's talk about Launceston. What do you like? 
Yeah, long distance is a great meeting, Cam. You know, it's a feature race meeting. It's five feature races highlighted by the $250,000 finals. We just touched on the Phillies one with um, Craig. You know, he's got Melon Rowley, who's, you know, one of the leading chances, along with Nova Baxter and Baruga Rock. Um, Craig hit the nail on the head. Nova Baxter's going to get an easy lead because numbers two to seven haven't got a lot of gate speed, so she's just going to lob on top. Now, she gets an easy first half of the race, which she's more than likely. They might not run her down, but if there is a bit of pressure, Baruga Rock and Melon Rowley are more than capable of doing a bit of work in the run and and making a race of it, and it wouldn't shock me at all if they got out of the top. But in saying all that, Nova Fax just won't be better bets than I because I just think um, she's just going to get a picnic early. No you know, no pressure, and I think she'll be too good, mate. Then we head across to race nine, number 11. It's an impressive three-year-old ex-Kiwi Montana Storm, trained by Rowan Hillier. Um, he's only been beaten once on, on the Apple Isle, and he looks very well rated in this race. So I think he'll be winning with the logical danger. Another ex-Kiwi called Demands Respect, who's trained by Juanita McKenzie, who was brilliant winning first up, but this is a much stronger race. But he does draw three, so it's going to be an intriguing battle. But I think Montana Storm will go at the top. The value plays a race three, number nine, Kuzma. Needs everything to fall into place, but just maps to get the perfect run, mate. And I think um, this is his chance to get back into the winner's list at around the $6 mark. And then we go across to race seven, number 11, Seahawk. Um, similar to him, he's had three runs back this time in, and he's, he's he's bloody airborne, to be honest, mate. And he should be around the $5 mark. There's no reason why he can't win again, to be honest, Cam. And he looks another good player as well. I, I like this. But, I like this, Jamie. And I'm liking the confidence and the gravelness in your voice around it. Yeah, no, well, I, I do like the two at Valley, and I do like the two better bets. It's a really good card, mate. Like, we got the other feature, which is the Globe Derby for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, but we're going to have a dollar four pop going around in that in Longfellow, trained by Emma Stewart. You know, he's just classes above his drivers, and he'll be winning, you know, but like I said, he'll be a dollar four. And the other feature is one that Craig touched on, the Danbridge Park Cup. You've got Riley Major, Scooter Rev, Coolwater Paddy, the Shallows. You can chuck in smart little shard. Now, that's going to be a cracking race as well. So I urge all punters out there, if they haven't got much to do on a Sunday evening, and um, tune in and have a, have a few bets at Launceston because it's going to be a great night of racing. And also the listeners out there, if they get a bit of time to tune in to watch Bernie tonight, you'll see a very idyllic track and, you know, it's, it's Right on the edge of the Bass Strait, the Burning Racetrack. So that's another beautiful picturesque track to look at too. Oh, I love it. I love it, mate. You are not only just across everything that's going to win this week, but also across uh, tourism in Burning as well, as people are going to got to head down there at some point over the summer month. Jamie, as always, mate, love your work. Talk to you next week. Good luck for the weekend. Enjoy it. Same to you, Cam. Thanks, buddy. Here's superstar. Jamie Cockshot, you can get all his tips Four, race four, Star Rocker. Race five, Just for Dave. Race four, number one at Launceston, Nova Baxter. And race nine, number 11, Montana Storm. And a couple other at value that we'll post at SN underscore track. Make sure you jump on, like our socials, and never, ever miss a number from anyone, including our man, Jamie Cockshade, who is in wonderful form. And we can't wait, in particular, for Launceston. A couple of group twos worth 50K on Sunday afternoon. We're going to get to a break. Troy Baker is going to join us on the other side of this. Wherever you might be across Tassie or Australia, get involved. 0499 736 736. This is Taz Racing Talk. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. You most certainly are, wherever you might be. This is Taz Racing Talk as we head towards what's going to be a big weekend. Don't forget Wednesday nights. 
from about six. Damien Watson, Josh Jenkins, Campbell Brown. We'll always look after you when we get through this wonderful summer carnival on a Wednesday night in the Tasmanian Racing. And if you've got any tips, 0499-736-736. We also cannot wait to get involved. Devonport Cup, I think it's Wednesday, January 5. Campbell Brown and I will be in Devonport for what's going to be a wonderful, uh, a wonderful summer carnival. And if you are around, let us know. Drop us a text and we'll come and have a beer with you. All right, our next guest, Troy Baker, in wonderful form, flying double on Sunday. Launceston on Wednesday night had a winner as well, uh, and he's riding extremely well and joins us now. Troy, welcome to Taz Racing Talk. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're in fine form, mate. You must be feeling good. Yeah, no, I'm getting some good opportunities in the last few meetings, and um, it's good to get the wins on the board, and um, hopefully I can keep progressing forward. You mentioned opportunities there, and I'm always interested when it comes to jockeys being in form or, or, or riding winners and, and getting on a bit of roll and, and momentum. Uh, do, do, do you think right now, if you look back on, on your career right now and the way you're riding, do you think you're a, you're a better jockey now than you've you've ever been, or do you think you're riding as well, or do you think you're in a situation where circumstances allow the, the momentum via those opportunities? How, how do you think it all works when we see jockeys like you in form and riding really well and getting winners? Look, I've had my first ride in 2002, so I've been doing it for yeah. quite a while now, and I think I think the experience I've had and, um, yeah, uh, just getting better and better every year, and, and it does help when you get on the horses for the better stables, and Look, I rode a winner for Scott Brunton, Adam Trinder and Barry Campbell in the last two meetings and they're our top trainers. So if you can get on their horses, you know you're going to be a chance. Just talk to us a little bit about your story. You mentioned that nearly 20 years in the saddle now. Well, what's the backstory and how have you ended up in Tassie doing what you're doing really well now? Uh, well, I started, I had my first race ride. I was 18 years old in 2002 on Boxing Day. I was apprenticed in Victoria to the late Brian Cox. Yep. Um, I was with him for about three years and just lacking opportunities and sort of getting the go. It was hard to break into Victoria there. So headed over to South Australia um, and I was apprenticed to Philip Stokes and everyone knows how mm-hmm. good of a trainer he is and he threw me on everything. Um, <laughs> while I was there and I outrode McLean, the city claim, a year and a half. So had a really good stint there, became a senior. Um, and then, yeah, the funny story is Sigrid Carr was looking to go to South Australia to go on loan um, to use her three kilos metro claim. And, of course, she came to the stable I was stable rider to. Um, so we know what happened there. Yep. Two and, put two and two together. Um, <laughs> ended up, yeah, having a relationship with Sigrid. And when she was moving back to Tassie because she did what she could in South Australia, I um, chased her over here. So that's how I ended up here. And I've been here five years and we're engaged so yeah life's good well firstly congratulations on the engagement and secondly not dissimilar to a lot of men right around the world love is the reason you end up in a particular place <laughs> yeah ended up in tassie i chased over here look south australia was really good to me um but yeah i wasn't going to stay there uh, i was going to follow her to tasmania and look i love it love it over here it's, you race only once twice a week it's lifestyle is good uh, a bit more laid back, and I'm later in my career, so that's what I was looking for, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. We we had Siggy on this particular show about uh, three weeks, maybe a month ago. I'm, I'm interested you know, when you're both obviously doing what you do. Do you reckon it makes it easier to be a jockey? A little bit harder, considering you're both going through sometimes excruciating situations when you've got to die, you're trying to lose weight or make weight, whatever it might be. Do you think it works for or against you to both be in the same situation? 
Oh, I think it works for us. Look, yep. we both we're both very lucky. We don't we don't miss a meal. Look, uh, I don't know how the other boys do it and girls, but um, we're lucky. We don't have to waste, so we um, both you know eat the same and our lifestyles the same. But we work off each other. So if we we get off of rides. I get one and I can't ride it. You can always handle a cigarette and yep. vice versa. So um, yeah, it's quite good. Sort of both being jockeys and talk over your races together and it's quite competitive out there and whoever gets the most winners you know has the uh, bragging rights but um yeah i think it works well i'll get to miss tuppence in a moment but i you obviously had the double on sunday i was on air on scn track and and ivory man was one that i was i I was keen to and i I will put my hand up and say i didn't end up having a bet mainly because it has had its trouble of being able to get to the line first even though it's been relatively consistent but uh, it was a big win on sunday for ivory man yeah, for sure. Look, he's quirky, um, but he's been actually good to me. I've won three on him now on all different tracks over here, Long, um, Launceston, Denport, and now Hobart. But yeah, he's a funny horse. He, you gotta you gotta ride him and try to make out he's going better than he is. And he's not the punter's best friend, but um, he looks like the winner every race. But yeah. you just got to time your run right, and you try, you pretty much got to get there the last ride because if you get there too early, um, he seems to let the other one come past him. But um, I got lucky there that day on at Hobart, and yeah, yeah, I was glad to get the win. Do you have a track that you prefer riding, or is there a track that you have a, a, a certain affinity with, or, or one that you like maybe more than the other couple? Uh, probably Launceston's my favourite. I think it gives every horse a chance. The surface is really good, holds up well. Um, pretty much all our tracks are okay, but I think I have the most success at Launceston. All right, uh, mate. It's a wonderful time to be to be riding. I, I mentioned I, I haven't been to a cup in Tasmania, and I I did mention uh, just prior to you joining us that I can't wait to get down there for the Devonport Cup in the first week of January. But I also can't wait to have a little crack at Miss Tuppence, who who won on Wednesday night in Launceston, and she actually looks like a and it was a fair bit of punter support before the race as well. I'm not sure if that was stable money because I did read they were fairly keen on it as well. But um, she she, she looks like a nice horse, and it was a nice win. Yeah, for sure. She's really good. It's the first time I've sat on her, and look, she's done three out of five now, and Adam was pretty confident that she could get the money that night, and um, they were just worried about her over-racing, but um, she settled quite well, and the turn of foot she showed and the tenacity to sort of get there, was yeah, it was quite surreal. Um, she's, she's got a good uh, feature race in her. Uh, I don't know which race they're heading towards, but she, she's quite smart. You, do, you, do you expect to stay with her now? How does it work going forward? Uh, I sort of just leave it with with Adam. I'll obviously talk talk with him and and the owner and see what what their plans are. But um, we've got a lot of three old features coming up, and obviously I've got other offers as well. So we just have to work working with each other and see see what happens. Hey, the SEN track listeners, they can always hit us up via the text, and they they're asking right now before I do let you go. Considering you're in a rich vein of form, one that you might be throwing the league over in the next week or so. Uh, that you do like. Is there, is there one we should look out for as punters? Um, I wrote two on Wednesday night that didn't have the best of luck. Gigi's our prince pretty much just saw bums all the way. He's um, I wrote him this whole prep. He's a nice horse, just needs a bit of luck. When he when he gets a bit of luck, he'll be winning. Um, and one of the cigarette cars I rode, my father used to train it called Candy Crusher. He had his first run for us. Um, doesn't look very good on, on its form, but it uh, ran sixth or seventh, but um, made up a lot of ground. So I think that's one over about 1,400 um, should be looking out for.
All right, look forward to it, mate. Hey, love you jumping on the line, having a chat to us. You're in fine form, and we look forward to you continuing it uh, over the next, uh, in particular over the summer months. And SEN track, huge part. We've all fallen in love with Tasmanian racing, so we can't wait as a as a crew to get over there and, and watch the great racing up close and personal and grab a beer, mate. Thank you for joining us. Sounds good. Thank you. Joy Baker. He's in fine form. Miss Tuppence was really nice. Money come for it. I think Brownie might have backed it. Might have made it almost his best of the night. Or at least he texted me in the afternoon and said, let's have a little zing at this. So I'm assuming he ended up following it in on Wednesday night on SEN Track. Do not miss it. Wednesday nights, SEN Track, 6 till 10. Brownie, JJ, Damien Watson leading through what is a wonderful carnival. News time. Our man Brennan Ryan on the other side of this. It's Taz Racing Talk. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Brownie Saddlesaw right now on a charity ride. We might touch base with him over the course of the afternoon on Traxo and Sam Highland joins myself, Cam Luke. But right now, Taz Racing Talk continues. Tommy Hackett not far away. Scotty Wine around five minutes away. But our man, Brennan Ryan, who just gets bigger and better each and every week. Although he got a little bit of bad luck with one of his greyhounds on, uh, I think it was Tuesday night. He joins us right now. Hello, Brennan. Hi, Cam. Yeah, it was a little bit... uh... Disheartening, got edged right on the line in the heat of the Devonport chase, but uh, nevertheless, you pack up and uh, you know get back on with it, and hopefully we can have a bit of luck. I thought you had it. I thought you had it, Brennan. Oh, jeez, he's so desperate to not talk. Are you back, mate? Yeah, I oh, am. Sorry about we that lost bit you. of technical error. Mate, yeah. I, I thought you had it. I thought you had it. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, it was a little bit unfortunate. You know, he had to come up against a good dog, but... He, that, you know, that's what happens in racing. You're always going to find one a bit better than yourself. So, you know, we're going to go around again and hopefully we can get the minor prize. So, so, so on, on the same night, I assume you go around, you first reserve for the uh, for the actual final next uh, next Friday. But how does it work now? So you run on the same night, you entered uh, earlier than that or later than that. How does it all work from a planning perspective? Uh, look, at the moment, we just plan ahead like it's a normal race. He's uh, first emergency, and, you know, with this 10-day gap from, from the heats and up until the final, uh, you know, that's a long time between racing, so anything can happen. But, you know, we may get a start. We don't know. Um, and then the draw will come out on Monday, and we'll go around in the consolation. So uh, that'll be in a couple of races before the final. So, yeah, you know, that, and if we couldn't be in the final, the consolation is a still a good race. It's named after Angus Evans, so it's uh, it, it's that's a great race to win in itself. So yeah, overall, it's good to be a part of the of a big day, especially like the Devonport Chase. So I've got, I've got to tell you this, Brennan. I, you're a better person than I am. I, I don't think anyone would disagree. But I've had a couple go around this week uh, in the gallops, and they've both ran third. And I, I I carry disappointment. In fact, I couldn't sleep last night. I was so disappointed with a horse that ran really well yesterday. So I'm still sulking. But you handle it so well, Brennan. How, how, how do you handle it so well when you get oh so close to what is obviously a very talented greyhound running in, in such a big race? Well, we had this happen to us a couple of years back. We had a greyhound by the name of Cosmic Air. And the same scenario, she got pipped right on the line in the heat and went out the consolation and ran quicker than the actual cup final that went around on that day. Uh. But, you know, you just, you take it as it comes. I mean, it's, you'd like to be in these big finals, but nevertheless, you, you still put in the same effort every, you know, every week, every yep. day with the dog and just see what, you know, it comes about. Hopefully you can uh, chalk it again, but no, look, <laughs> we, we can't sit there and, you know, worry what happened yesterday. You've got to look forward to tomorrow. So, yeah. yeah. This this is true, and we're about to look forward as well. Scotty Wine not far away from joining us, but let's have a look. Launceston on Monday night, mate. Is there a couple that stand out for you? 
Uh, look, uh, we actually got one of the uh, finalists in the Devonport Chase there, a dog by the name of Harden Up Tommy. He goes round in the free-for-all. I think it's about race four, race five there on uh, Monday night over the 278. Look, he's a, a genuine short-course sprinter, but he should back up with no dramas. He's got box six, uh, and I think he should run a real good race there. So it's race three, number six, Harden Up Tommy. Uh, I, I, I can hear that confidence as well, so looking forward to that. On Monday night, zero four double nine seven three six seven three six to get involved. How else has your week been, Brennan? How is life over there for you? Oh, pretty good at the moment. We're uh, you know right in the thick of these big races. Uh, we just walked a litter of pups, and um, yeah, that's uh, keeping us pretty busy. There's six of those, and um, that's how we'll know in the next eighteen to twenty months what they're going to be like down the track. So you know, we're always looking towards the the future and. Yeah, just trying to um, improve our stock and you know, and adding to it as well. Well, in 18 to 20 months, we'll be sitting here on Taz Racing Talk on a Friday. You'll be telling us about one champion you've got and we'll be able to look back on uh, this particular date uh, in the late November and said, oh, you know what? There you go. That's the conversation we had when the litter uh, was right there at the very start. All right, you've got a very special guest, a very special guest who's about to join us, Brennan. Uh, fire away, well, mate. Yeah. Well, yes, it is a special guest. We only met yesterday by phone to arrange this, but Scott Wine joins us. Um, Scott, mate, thanks for your time to joining us. Look, um, you've got a great career in AFL that you've had uh, in years gone by, but, um, you know, talking on an athlete perspective, you've got a greyhound running in the Devonport Chase next week. Um, to reach a final like this is a great achievement, you know, to have, um, you know, a special dog in a big race on a, uh, you know, on a big event in the greyhound calendar. Yeah, look, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. And yeah, the, uh, Wallace has uh, been going really well since he got down to Tasmania. He's had some, some impressive times, and you know, we, uh, the trainer Nicole Howe sort of set him to to uh, have a crack at the, the Devonport Cup a couple of months ago um, after his first couple of runs in Tassie. And uh, you know, early in the week, he, he didn't disappoint. Um, yeah, you know, he. Uh, he can be a bit hit and miss from the start, which is always a concern. But, um, you know, he only half missed it, which was good. And, you know, to, to power home the way he did was uh, exciting. And, and look, it's, it's great for, you know, obviously, Nicole and, and my family to have a, have a dog in the, um, you know, a, a cup final. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, certainly. And, Scott, I understand that, yeah, the the you've got the moniker of the superior as the prefix, but you, know, you name most of the dogs after a certain um, uh, well previous uh, Western Bulldogs players. Where did the Wallace bit come from? Um, well, the, the superior is actually our business. We run a business here in Melbourne, myself and an ex-teammate called Glenn Coleman, um, Superior yep. Waste. Um, so the first couple of greyhounds we had you know, seven, eight years ago, we, we just named as we named, but then we, we thought we'd get the moniker, the, the superior involved, and uh, Wallace come, actually come from Mitch Wallace, um, who um, Bulldogs player, and Dad played with me at the Bulldogs, Steve, and we had a couple of Bulldogs, there was Superior Hunter and Superior uh, Bond. Bond had a, yeah. a really good career in Victoria for us, and won 20, 20 plus races, but um, they're named after players that the family vote on, um, and who they like, and the way they play and who they are, and um, yeah, Wallace has, uh, has uh, yeah, really struck yeah, uh, struck some good form down there in Tassie. He certainly has. And um, talking about your operation in Victoria, just quickly, yeah, you and your wife Jody, you're involved with um, Dave Condon there over in Victoria, Devon Meadows, and you've got a great operation going. Um, 
you know, there's been many greyhounds that have, you know, been successful. I know Jess Umbridge was one that was uh, a champion up the straight at Hillsville, but, um, you know, to obviously this is a, a not only a, a passion but a bit of a hobby for the family and something they can, you know, sit down and, uh, and all gather and watch, uh, you know, a dog, especially like Superior Wallace, get into a big final. It must give you all a, you know, good thrill. Well, it is. I mean, and, and Dave and his wife, Monique, do a great job there. But, they, they, yeah, the real boss is Dave's mum, Joyce. She's uh, <laughs> she's the one who runs the operation. Um, you know, Dave, Dave takes all the glory. But, um, look, it, it's we're working on it. We're developing our litters and, and working on the property. And, you know, it's it has become more than just a, a hobby. And, you know, we... we, we we think uh, you know, it'll improve over the upcoming years. And, yeah, it's great for my family. I mean, Jess Umbridge, we bought Jess Umbridge because one night all our kids picked the dog each and we got the first ball that paid about four or five grand um, on a Saturday night watching the Meadows. And, you know, the, 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 uh, it just developed from there. And the kids name um, the pups. They have a lot to do with naming the pups and the dogs when they're coming through. Superior Wallace is actually out of Superior Zoe, which... Um, unfortunately, uh, a few too many injuries, but uh, uh, that was you know, Zoe's actually one of my daughters. So there's a real family connection, and the girls, whenever they're racing, we we gather around the TV and enjoy it. And um, you know, it's it, it, yeah, have a really good connection with Dave and his family as well, and and all their staff. who do a great job for us. Um, look, Scott. Finally, uh, look. You would have obviously watched um, Wallace go around there on Tuesday, but um, among the other heats and you know the finalists, is there anything you consider that could be a bit of a danger to uh, uh, you know upholding Superior Wallace in the race? I mean, he's drawn again in the red box, which is perfect for him. Um, is there anything you think that's a concern to him in the final? Oh, look. I think there's plenty of concerns. Um, you know, you, you don't get to um, you know, a final of the Denver Cup, you know, uh, being an average dog, you know, they're all top quality dogs, but, you know, Aston Lee um, was fantastic, and, uh, and also Fernando, um, Fernando, um, Fernando Boy, um, Fernando Boy, I mean, they, those two, I think, should be the favourites, I mean, you know, you've got multiple Country Cup you know, winner there, and, you know, Aston's been the, been, uh, um, you know, the fastest qualifier, I think our, our boy um, needs to hit the start. If he if he misses it, that's even in the box one. He's got some work to do because you uh, you, you don't get to a yeah you, know, you don't win a final like this by um, by getting an easy run. And you know the, the final seems to be a lot different from what the heats are a lot of the times because they're all quality dogs. So we're hopeful that uh, Wallace can hit the start okay and put himself in a competitive position to try and challenge those other two. Yeah, certainly. Um, look, Cam, before we let Scott go, is there anything you'd like to ask him? No, I just... Uh, Scott, firstly, thanks for joining us. Just before I let you go, um, this Greyhound world, was was it one when you were playing footy that you were you were heavily invested in or interested in as well? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the only time I sort of got involved with the Greyhounds was when Mark Hunter took a busload of us to a couple of... We actually went to a couple of meets in Tassie once on a bit of a football trip and you know, heading into a couple of the, couple of the meadows and things like that. So Mark Hunter used to just take my money and tell me, you know, put the bets on for me. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy racing and uh, and you know, having a little bit of a punt, but it's yeah, it's it just become a real family thing for us. Um, and you know, the the dogs are named after whether it's my kids or my rallies or bulldog players. Um, we've got a litter coming through that we're going to maybe put a few Melbourne Storm plays in there. And it's just good for the family. And, 
Now all of a sudden I've got friends who are following it and business colleagues who are asking me where my dogs are and you, know, it, it, you get a little bit of a following and enjoyment and, and as I said, I, I just see the work that you know, Greyhound trainers put into you know, their dogs and it's such a full-time commitment. Um, you know, Dave and his family, what they do down there and Nicole as well and you know, I, I should be very thankful to Nicole for taking the taking on the dogs and, and doing so well with them. But you know, the commitment that these guys have, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be involved. It's a real family sport, I found. Now, I do ask you this, Scott, as a, as a Bulldogs fan, how did you handle the grand final, mate? I handled it really well up until three minutes ago in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, me too, um, funnily enough. <laughs> by, by the, probably with about four minutes ago in the grand final, I was out in the front stripping off all the strip, streamers and balloons that my kids <laughs> had put over the front fence. Um, uh, I, uh, look, it was a fantastic year for the Bulldogs, um, you know, for them to make the grand final and put on the performance they did for, for almost three quarters was great. Um, but the momentum that Melbourne had and developed in that last quarter or towards the end of the third was uh, was heartbreaking. Um, but look, you know, if you're going to lose uh, to lose to Melbourne, um, isn't a bad isn't a bad thing. To lose the way we did was disappointing, but. You know, this, we went through it in 2016. You know, Swans went through it you know, 12 odd years ago. To to break that uh, you know, premiership drought was was great for Melbourne. So onwards and upwards, I suppose, Cam. No doubt. I hey, uh, appreciate your time as always, mate, and uh, looking forward to uh, going forward and, and watching. Hopefully, a little bit of success for you in the chase, mate. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ah, Scotty Wine there. Brennan, before we let you go, mate, just want to back over your tip for Monday night at Launceston because a few off the text just asking about it. Uh, yeah, we're going to... Oh, hang on. I might have lost you again. Have I got you back, Brennan? No, we might not have. We might have lost him. Might have been a technical issue. We might get to a break and we'll get it up at SN underscore track as well. Uh, over the course of the uh, of the next couple of days, we head towards Launceston on Monday night. A very quick break. Plenty more on Taz Racing Talk on the other side of this. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Wherever you might be, Taz Racing Talk, all thanks to Ladbrokes. Make sure you're Ladbroke at this spring carnival. Always gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 if you're having any issues. No Campbell Brown today, just Cam Luke in the chair. Brownie, of course, on the charity ride. So we'll have Sam Highland in around 10 minutes' time for a big Friday afternoon of track. So what we do have is a Tom Hackett who joins us now. Hello, Tommy. Hello, Cam. Mate, big weekend. lot going on, not just in Tassie, but right around this great country of ours. But we might start uh, at least with the chase. What do you like, mate, uh, when it comes to a, a market perspective at Ladbrokes? Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, weekend of racing because we're racing at sort of the, the not met, traditional metro me- meetings at Ballarat and at Kembla Grange, but the meeting at Ascot is really uh, an interesting one because it is the Group 1 meeting this weekend where with the railway stakes, it's an uh, unusual railway stakes as well because we're used to having these Eastern State horses go over. Obviously, uh, fairly controversially, the Eastern State well, uh, Raiders can't go this year. Peter Moody's definitely made his thoughts known on that one. <laughs> well, just, just, on that, has... just on that, Tommy, I got told that you personally paid uh, Moody's $2,000 fine that he ridiculously received for the comments that were 100% on the money. Moods has made uh, in training fees and prize money over the spring racing carnival <laughs> just with the incentivise alone, uh, well and truly in the six figures mark. So no, I I did not put my hand into the pocket for Moods. He's a big boy. Uh, he can look after himself. He needs to watch his potty mouth. 
Well, you know what? They, fair enough if they got in for swearing, but if they got in for anything else, I think it was a little harsh. But it is interesting because there's a horse in this race that I'm assuming the Ladbroke punters are jumping on, but there, there are people who believe this horse can get all the way to a Cox Plate in 12 months' time, a Ladbroke's Cox Plate, which is, I think, reaching. But do the punters agree? Yeah, punters definitely agree. It's the shortest price favourite we've ever seen in a railway stakes Western Empire with $2. That did not last long at all. It's into a dollar seventy-five. And to, to be fair, it does tick all the boxes here for a railway stakes. It has sort of beaten the handicap. It gets in extremely well at 53 kilos. Last start win in the Asian Bow Stakes was very, very good. William Pike in the saddle. Grand and Alana Williams uh, trains. It wears the Cerise and White. It ticks all the boxes to win a feature race in Perth. Uh, I think the calls of it being the Ludbrokes Chox Plate horse are a little bit premature. Uh, this is he's getting into this race uh, really well. The weight that this is still a handicap, so he he still needs to come out and, and tick the weight for age block, uh, block, uh, box at some point. But uh, he's definitely got upside, and we've seen what Grant and Alana Williams can do. So for me, it's impossible to bet against them, uh, Western Empire in the railway stakes. He's a deserving favourite for mine. Couple of good ones getting around. You mentioned Ballarat. And we'll start with the Ballarat Cup actually tomorrow. Thought of that. Myron Eustace. Myron Eustace, of course, having a, a stable in Ballarat just feels like that they really want to have a big day tomorrow in, uh, in Ballarat. And they've got the favourite in the Cup. Yeah, they've got the favourite thought of that. And I think it's uh, one of the best bets of the weekend thought of that. This horse is absolutely flying. It's been an interesting horse. Obviously, it was a really good horse as a three-year-old. It went into the Victoria Derby as one of the favourites. Mm-hmm. And they famously boned Linda Meach to put Mark Zara on. And then the horse completely went amiss. Basically didn't go run a yard for, for two years. And now this preparation is back to its very best. It's won three on the trot. Linda Meach jumped back on last start at the <laughs> Valley on Ladbrokes Manicato Stakes Nine and absolutely bolted in to win by three lengths. And I just think they've got this horse flying. So I think with Meach in the saddle again, it'll go forward. It'll control the race. And I just think it's clearly the horse to beat and a deserving favourite. Has there been any money? I'm actually a little bit surprised that you can get a nice, like El Sion, who I ended up finding over the carnival. You get a nice little price tomorrow. Still around a 3 3 30 mark in, in race number seven. I'm not going to say it's an absolute moral, but it's as close as possible because I think this is an easier race than the one that it won at Flemington. Yeah, I can, couldn't agree more, Cam. I'm surprised that price is on offer as well. I really liked its last start win when it was it was very short. You only you only got a dollar ninety that yeah. day at Flemington, but it got the job done. This race really isn't any tougher, and you're getting the best price. We've got all preparation, so yeah, for me, it's uh, another one that I've definitely got. Uh, in my mix, I guess the only maybe concern is that it has raced at Ballarat before without getting the job done. But for mine, it's a horse has gone to another level this campaign, and clearly the horse to beat here. Mate, as always, love chatting to you. Anything before we let you go, you want to uh, tip us into? Yeah, just in the gong at Kembla Grange, just want to uh, put a little bit of a push for Reloaded. Currently $34 with Labrogues, so I think hasn't won for a long time, but hasn't had much luck. It was a good thing licked in the Shannon Stakes. Nothing ran to suit, went to suit in the Epson Handicap. And I just think in an open edition of the gong, Reloaded could pop up at a big price. Yeah, Count de Rupe, I, I think a little unders. And I'll tell you what, Rich Hips, I think, can get a bit of value for as well. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Cam. Lad Broker this spring. Make every race even more exciting. As always, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Trackside, Sam Hyland, myself. Big afternoon. All ahead of us on the other side of this.